Well, boys, what are you going to sing? The squeezer was not any use. A lemon without any juice. Hi, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. And you're listening to Boo to a Goose, a podcast about idioms, expressions, and slang. From? Across? The pond. Hey! Mixing I get to say more today. now. <laughs> you just stole that line. I've been wondering, uh, how can I talk more on this show? Oh, really? You've yeah. been wondering that? Yeah, and I think yeah. we finally figured it out. Oh, yeah. Could... I stole a word from you in the intro. <laughs> Good for you. Yeah. The intro that I already dominate. Highlight of your week? Absolutely. <laughs> uh, you getting the vaccine and then this. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, just, to, just to be clear, I am now technically a healthcare worker. That's how I got it. Right. Yes. You didn't I, like jump the I, line. I didn't jump the line. Shove a granny I, out I of didn't, the way. I didn't. I didn't beat up any elderly people. I legitimately got it. Yeah. You earned it by by. You should have one. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and I have no idea what we're covering today in this podcast. Oh. Okay. Yeah. This is a completely new. Now. I have said this phrase to you before, and we've brought it up as something that we might look at, but I'm wondering if you remember. It's, who is she? The cat's mother? Oh, yeah. I like this one. Do you remember, like, anything about it or what it means or anything? Um, Yeah, it's like when you refer to someone, like, I mean, I I think that for the most part it's referring to women. Um, Like, when you're like, is she, like, you don't specify who you're talking about. You just say, is she going to bring it? And then in response, someone might go, who's she? The cat's mother? Exactly. And right. do you guys use this in America? No, not once. Not once. You, know, you... I've, I've, I don't know that I'm... I've never heard this exact expression. I don't even know that I could think of an expression that's like similar. That's what yeah. I found on the internet. A lot of like talk about um, kind of this cross-cultural idea that like something that's rude in England might not be considered rude in America. Like correcting someone for using she... Yeah, I think it's it's more a source of irritation. Like, I mean, should we get into how we landed on this? I don't remember. Uh, so there was there was a person who has known my parents right. for a long time, mm-hmm. and they were going to go deliver something to this person, mm-hmm. and this person asked my dad, "Is she going to bring a salad or something? They were going to bring mm-hmm. a food." Um, and, uh, just saying she, he didn't say is Lori going to bring, he mm-hmm. just said she like, which is just such a, like, that's almost like referring to someone as the woman, you know, like it's, it's, yeah, it's vaguely sexist. It's, it's kind of rude. Yeah. And that, of course, my mom found irritating, obviously mm-hmm. as one should. And then you brought up this term as like, who's she, the cat's mother? Like, oh yeah. And then everyone was like, what are you talking about? Yeah. But that's a great that's a great thing to say. Like when someone says this to you, mm-hmm. if my dad had said this to this person, who's she, the cat's mother? Here we're going to get into, okay. So let's get into the, the true meaning because right. y- your dad might not have said that to this woman. It might have been a, a little condescending. This, this person. This person. Yeah. I don't know. It <laughs> might have been a little condescending or patronizing to say right. it to this person. Um, because this is a phrase that's normally used for children. Okay. It's like a it's like a way a corrective idiom mm-hmm. to nag kids, basically. I mean, um, like if you look up the um, definition from the Oxford English Dictionary, um, it's said to a person brackets especially a child who uses the feminine third person singular pronoun <laughs> she she that's it <laughs> impolitely or with inadequate reference. 
So it's definitely a reference to, you know, so British being like proper and polite. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm not coming across rude. I mean, another definition I got was um, from Wiktionary, um, which says it's idiomatic, um, somewhat dated, which I thought was rude because I still would use it. And my mom definitely used it on me. Um, <laughs> it, feels, it feels kind of dated to me. Rude. Like, <laughs> I mean, maybe we'll get on to a conversation about why it might be dated. I Look, suppose our- it is dated because pronouns are becoming more dated. Oh, in that sense, sure. Yeah. I wasn't even thinking, okay, yeah, I guess in that regard, sure. Like, Who, who's they? The cat's um, parent? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and if you're already encouraging people to use the word they instead of she and he, it just gets more complicated if you're then correcting their usage of they, I guess. Yeah, I think that, yeah, the, the, the influx of they being used as a specific pronoun is, I mean, overall a good thing, but it does lead to a certain level of confusion and we need to, like, start using more names, I guess. Which, is, which to be fair, is mm-hmm. exactly what this saying's about. Right, use their name. Use their name and be yeah. respectful or use their title. Sure. Like mom or grandma or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so... With Wiktionary, um, they say, again, it's somewhat dated, um, that it's mainly used in Britain, Ireland, and New England, which I thought was interesting. Oh, okay. So for any, um, <laughs> can you explain New England for any of our non-American listeners? Like, oh, uh, I had barely. to Google it. It's like a group of um, states, I think six states. I think it's like the original colonies. Yeah. Because there were 13 and then at one, like, and they were established gradually. Mm-hmm. Um, but then the, uh, Delaware being the first one, <laughs> and that's the only thing they're known for. Yeah. Hi, I'm in Delaware. Wayne's World <laughs> reference. Uh, yeah. Um, and I think like, I guess the first six were called New England mm-hmm. because it was, you know, the first, that's, they were English colonies. Yeah. So, yeah. I mean, this kind of dates the saying, doesn't it? If it's used in New England and... Uh... Britain and Ireland. Well, in a way, because people still call it New England. Like, the football team there, a very decorated football team, is the New England Patriots. No, I know. But I'm saying that, you know, if you think about how it could have traveled over from Britain and settled there, it must be kind of an old saying. Oh, in that regard. Yeah. Yes. Um, and, and I'll go on to kind of prove that point a little further as well. Maybe maybe not as old as I originally thought. Um, but if we look at their um, definition from Wiktionary, they say it's a rebuke especially directed towards children for having referred to a woman as she instead of using her name or an appropriately respectful title. Sure. Okay. Yeah. Makes sense. So as well as um, that definition, I've got one more definition from Gramophobia. um, And they actually say there was a time when a child could get a scolding for using the word she instead of a name, especially if the she was present often an older person. So it's kind of to do with respect, not refer it definitely is to do with not referring to someone as she if they're in the room. Oh, that's incredible. Yeah, no one you should never refer to someone in the third person if they're in the room. Yeah. Um but then also, you know, to gla- to gain clarity in situations like mm-hmm. the kind of like what you were talking about in the scenario with your with your dad. Right. But you probably like these three definitions suggest you probably wouldn't use this phrase with an adult. Because you'd probably come off looking like a bit of a... Maybe the adult's a bit dim. Yeah, I mean, maybe. Or in a jokey sense or ironic sense, maybe you'd use it. But if you were too sincere, you might come off looking like a bit of an arse. Sure. Because you're correcting them. But it's a corrective saying. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, and I'm sure, like, I was when I was reading it, I was like, it's so rude that it keeps saying that, like, there was a time ago. And I'm like... 
that's my childhood. I was corrected so much. <laughs> and like, I remember this phrase being used. I can't remember if it was my mom or my grandmother, but this phrase was definitely used on me. Well, in a way, this expression has to do with manners. Yeah. Um, and manners in and of themselves are sort of like always in flux and sometimes sort of changing. They like, do, yeah. I mean, when I was a kid, we were, t- I mean, you can tell me if this is your experience as well. Elbows on the table was like, I mean, it was known to be something that was rude. In my house, we didn't really care. But you weren't supposed to put your elbows on the table. Oh, yeah. I wasn't allowed to put my elbows on the right. table. Right. And now, I don't think that that's really a concern that people have anymore. Yeah, uh, I yeah. have my elbow on the table right now. I'm well, getting very it, paranoid. Yeah, I think like during meals, you have your elbows <laughs> on the table. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I guess it's like to prevent man spreading. Yeah, like... like you, you know, you want use of a better term. You want to use this, this space appropriately. Say within space. I mean, maybe yeah. it's because like... You the, the you didn't wash your elbows, so uh, it's like the part that you washed should be on the table and everything. Yeah, I mean, maybe I wash my elbows before I eat because I go in like a surgeon, but that's just me. I was just thinking about how people on the train, mostly men, hence the word man spreading, right, sit there with their with their legs wide open, and then they take up like three seats, and you go and try and sit next to them. It's kind of the same if you're sitting next to someone who has their elbows out on the table and you're like trying to eat. Yeah. And they're like... I mean, I bet that I spread out on the subway unless I see it's getting crowded and then I shrink my... But, you know, if nobody's there, I it's nice. It's a really nice feeling. Hmm. Wow. Uh, the oven just went off during the recording. <laughs> we'll leave it in. It's fine. We're making fries, baby. <laughs> Multitasking. Yeah. Um, anyhow, so I think we've got a good... good um, <laughs> Good handle on the definition here. Yes. Right? Uh, To be fair, that was most of my research. And, like, it can be used in many different situations. Like I was saying, if someone's present, but sometimes when they're not present, to clarify what somebody's saying or to just kind of, like, scold somebody for kind of being what would be deemed as rude. Um, A lot. It's interesting that you're in agreement with me because a lot of what I was reading online was, like, British people kind of defending this saying, uh, you know, because when when you look up origins of phrases, there's loads of comment boards and often message boards and people putting up different citations and things. Um, and yeah, the British people were kind of defending it and the um, American people that were writing on there, like, you know, I'm American and I don't understand how this could be rude and why you would even have a saying that's necessary. And we don't have a saying like this in America because it's not necessary. But I think the example you gave of the story shows that it somewhat is necessary. There are some similarities around what we think is impolite. Yeah, like, I mean, if, if we were, let's say you and I were at a friend's house, maybe not a friend's house, and um, we're talking about, like, you know, we could even use a similar example to the example that, the, the real life example. Um, I, they, uh, they invite us to a dinner party um, and I go, great, uh, we'll bring an entree. And then the, the friend looks at me, ignores you and goes, is she going to make a salad? Like that would be, yeah. you would be like, excuse me. Yeah. Of course. Yeah, I feel like elderly men do that kind of stuff. Totally. <laughs> Absolutely. And I'm like, hello. Yeah, like sort of the idea that that you got to talk to the husband yeah. to get the, the scoop. Yeah. I, I grew up with someone, uh, I had a childhood friend who, and our moms were friends and sometimes we'd have dinner and she would always ask my mom what foods I didn't, didn't like and I'd be sitting right there. I think people do it a lot to children um, and, and women particularly. I feel like I was like, 11 or 12, definitely old enough to say, yes, right. I do of like course, pesto. Of course. No, I'm not I'm not um, saying it's a yeah. good thing. I'm just saying that people are dismissive. Like, I think people probably do it of any kind of minority sure. or somebody that they don't see as an equal to them. I, I, I get it with a kid because a kid might not give you the answer that you want. But you got, geez, Louise, lady, you got to try. 
Yeah, I think we have scenarios sometimes when I've been in the room and my grandma goes to my mom, What's she, what is she doing right now? And my mom's like, just ask her. She's there. Right. And I'm like, hello. And oh, like I, for work or something. Yeah, or whatever yeah. the question is. Right. Um, to, you know, sometimes she asks my mom a question about me and I'm like, I'm sat right here. Yeah. So maybe it's a generational thing as well. Or just like, I don't know, people still see you as a child or uh, I don't know. I don't think there's any I guess I could bad see it, intentions behind it. I could see it being like... I mean, essentially what this is saying is the person who ignores the person in the room is talking to the person they want to talk to. Yeah. It's not that they don't see you as a person. It's just that they would rather, I mean, I guess in a way they don't really see you as a person. They just would rather not have have a conversation. I don't see why your mom wouldn't want, excuse me, why your grandma wouldn't want to talk to you. Oh, she loves talking to me. Exactly. So that's, I I, I don't know. She just sometimes like, I think once like, I don't know, my mom's take on it and doesn't have a better turn of language. Like, instead of saying, oh, what do you think about Amory's work? Mm-hmm. She might just say, what's she doing? You know, like, and while I'm still there. So I think it's just maybe, you know, people having like, not necessarily using the right vocabulary to express themselves. Yeah, or I could see it like sometimes when I explain things that I'm doing, I use language that is a bit insular mm-hmm. and that maybe some people like let's say for instance i would hope i was attempting to explain the card game that i designed to your grandmother and then oh. i think that maybe you should do that <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah but um yeah anyway it, it is an interesting phrase it has a lot of uses and um you know we'll see if it sticks around i mean i i don't think it's gonna stick around much longer I, I i think it's already it's very gendered which is sure. interesting um I, my argument with that would be that um it's maybe more likely to happen to a woman like we were saying right like people kind of not giving them the title that they deserve or talking about them like they're not there and mm-hmm. only talking to the husband so so maybe it's like through that that it became so gendered because i couldn't find a male equivalent yeah um Okay, so in terms of origin... Yeah, this is what I really want to know. Who is the cat and who is the cat's mother? Well, is it she? <laughs> it's a little difficult. Um, when I was looking up origin, it kind of blurred into meaning again. Um, I mean, the Oxford English Dictionary um, say that the earliest citation is from 1878. So we're going back. Sure. But not, you know, too far. Yeah. Um, and that was in an issue of the journal called Notes and Queries by Cuthbert Bede. Um, and the quote is... He's actually writing about the saying itself, um, which shows that it's even older than 1878. And Mm -hmm. and I'll tell you why with the quotation. I cannot find any mention of this saying in books, but it is one which I have been acquainted from my youth. For example, a little girl runs into her mother and says excitedly, oh, mama, we just met her just as we were coming home from our walk and she was so glad to see us. Upon which the mama says, who is she, the cat's mother? Thus the expression... Um, is used to enjoin perspicuity. I don't know if I'm saying perspicuity. That. Yeah. No idea. Am what I that saying means. that right? Oh, I looked it up. It means like, um, like clarity. Um, it means basically something that's clear. So having the, like clarity of your speech and precision in reference. Something that can be seen through. Yeah, it's it's easy to understand. Gotcha. Um, so they're more talking about like just having clarity in conversation as a as opposed to politeness. Mm-hmm. Um, and then again, the, so that's kind of the date we're looking at. So it was clearly used in speech before that because he's always already referencing and saying it was used in his childhood. 
Um, if we look at other websites like Word Histories or Grammophobia, um, both of them actually cite an earlier written reference um, from a play, a burlesque play called The White Cat from mm. 1870 um, by Francis Cowley Bernard, Bernand. Um, and the quote is just, his nurse would tell him she is the cat's mother, a lesson learnt by every little baby. So again, we're talking about lessons taught to children. Sure. Um, so the use of the phrase and the words haven't changed over time, really, because we're looking at these two quotes all the way back from 1870, and it's pretty much meant the same thing. Mm-hmm. And this idea hasn't really changed, um, which I think is quite interesting because other phrases do sometimes change over time. They used to mean this, and now they mean this. This has kind of stayed consistent, which I think is interesting but it doesn't really give us any hints to the why like the origins why um there are examples from the late 1870s onwards of it also being used as the cat's grandmother or the cat's aunt or other female figures but again it's who is she the cat's grandmother or she is the cat's grandmother or it used in to mean the same thing but it seems like the examples you provided of where possible origins both seem to be referring to previous examples already using it as like a turn of phrase yeah so both of those examples show that it was already a phrase in society that they didn't invent the phrase interesting um so there's nothing written down anywhere that really tells us where the phrase came from only that it's kept its meaning um people have speculated um there's a lot of people who have ideas um somebody speculated that well a few people have speculated online um that she is the female of a cat as in a she cat you know a male being a tomcat and the female of a cat being a she cat oh okay well that's something well is it though because when you google what is a female cat technically a female cat do you know what it's called no i don't according to google molly Oh, Tom and Molly. That's like a thing. You've heard of that? I, I I think there was like a children's book about two cats named Tom and Molly. Oh. Yeah, a Molly cat. Yeah. Okay, yeah. A she cat isn't really like... And I didn't know this either. When a female cat is pregnant, it's referred to as a queen. Whoa. So there's two names, but neither of them is she cat. I mean, maybe people call cats she cats because they don't know the name, but they do have names, Molly and Queen. Hmm. depending on whether it's impregnated. Right. <laughs> we all uh, know your state of existence changes. <laughs> well, I don't know. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's so I, I don't know how legitimate that one is. And even if that's true, like, who is she, the cat's mother? I mean, just because a cat is a she cat, who is, I don't know if that, what does that even mean when you like put it together? I don't know. Uh, I think maybe it's like, you know, somebody used she, and because the term she cat had some level of popularity, you'd be like, oh, you're, are you referring to a cat or are you referring to a person? You have to clarify, use their name, or I'm going to assume you're talking about a cat, and that's a very rude thing to, I don't know. Maybe, maybe. Um, and this idea of like, you know. Um, if you guys saw how much I was wobbling my head, oh, is that what you're saying to me? Is that what you're going to say? <laughs> so much attitude on yeah. this side of the mic. Um, <laughs> yeah, and then the other idea is that, you know, um, like we spoke about saying she is rude, so people needed a way to correct children for, for this rudeness. Um, and we always correct children with weird idioms and sayings, like eat your carrots so you see in the dark or. I don't know, wives' what? tales. <laughs> I'm just thinking of like weird things we say to kids. So like, you can't just be like, don't say she, it's rude. Like, I feel like yeah. we always have like a comeback or a weird saying to say to them. Right. 
Yeah. If it's and buts were candies and nuts and whatnot. Yeah. Would yeah. Would you jump off a cliff if Billy told you to? You know. Um. So I feel like it's kind of like playing on that. I love I I love that expression. If you're all your friends jumped off a bridge, would you jump off a bridge? Well. All my friends are doing it, so clearly it's not that dangerous. <laughs> <laughs> it must be fun. Yeah. I mean, you know, I'll, I'll see what happens when they come back. If they, if they come back and everything's fine, then yeah, I think I'm going to jump off the bridge. <laughs> yeah, I mean, bungee diving, cliff diving, yeah. paragliding. I have jumped off a cliff. I have not jumped off a cliff. Yeah, well. Yeah. Unless you count the uh, abseiling we did when we did ziplining on our honeymoon. When we oh, did the descent. Yeah, that was jumping off a, out a tree. Actually, ziplining is jumping off a cliff. We've done that a bunch of times. There weren't actual cliffs, though. They were platforms or trees. Well, okay, I'm thinking about with the one we did in St. Martin. They were big gullies that we were jumping off the edge. All right, then, Laurie and Nora, we have jumped off cliffs. <laughs> <laughs> and all our friends did it, too. <laughs> and we followed them. Yeah. <laughs> we only did that zipline because people said it was cool. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, the most simple idea that pretty much sums this up is just that the cat's mother is probably some nameless, unknown feline. We don't know who the cat's mother is. They're probably nameless. We don't know who they are. And people have, like you said, people have names. Yeah. It's not a cat's mother. We don't know who the cat's mother is. People have names. We just have a cat. Use names. Use names. Be, be nice to each other. Don't be rude. So whilst I think, and I'm coming back to the same point because it's been playing on my mind about how, you know, particularly living in California, like the pronoun, the gendered pronoun is dying. Right. Um. And like, I was, shortly before lockdown started, I was on the bus coming back from something and there was a bunch of middle schoolers on the bus and they were exclusively using they for everyone they talked about. That's it was like cool. 11, 12 year olds exclusively using they. That's really cool. Yeah. But like this, and I was like, oh, well, this saying isn't like applicable anymore because it's so gendered. But it is just kind of saying, say their name. Say their name. As TLC once said, say my name, that, say my name. That would be... Destiny's Child. Oh, no. What yeah. did TLC say? No uh, scrubs. That's what they and also said. also, they, they, the best advice they gave was to not go chasing waterfalls. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, I don't know. I think no scrubs is pretty good advice. No, that's saying what they want. They don't want oh. no scrubs. But they're telling you, don't go chasing waterfalls. And Destiny's Child told me... Say my name, say my name. Say my name, say my name. Yeah. And bugaboo. So I'm going to confirm this. No, I, I believe you're right. I was wrong. I got, I got say cocky. Say my name. Yeah, okay, good. I'm good. Yeah. I would hate to be wrong in that instance. Yeah, I'd hate to correct I'm, you and they'd be like, I'm oh, no, so, actually. I'm so upset that you know more about would, Destiny's Child and TLC in this moment. I exclusively have the greatest hits. It's wall-to-wall bangers. I love <laughs> both those bands. I, like, grew up on them. Yeah. Yeah. The 90s were a good time for female musical empowerment. No Scrubs was really rough for me when that came out because I hit every aspect of their definition of a scrub <laughs> for a good chunk of my life. <laughs> When you were a child, of course you did. Yeah, but at the time I was like, oh. <laughs> Do you remember the alternative, no pigeons? What was that? Uh, yeah, that was like a weird... I, I, when were women called pigeons? I'm I have no that idea. That, I remember that was on... They played that on like the alternative rock station. Um, and I thought that was like a local thing. I didn't know that that was huge enough. To oh, make that it. made it to England. And okay. that, like me as a young child was very confused. Yeah, it was like... It was like men being like, oh, this song is sexist towards men, so we're going to talk about the kinds of women that we like completely missing the point. Uh, it's like a group from one of those male message boards got together and yeah. wrote a song. It's basically the MRA, like, well, if they can do it, then we can do it. Yeah. Yeah, whatever. Mm. 
And they probably uh, had to be... If they, they wouldn't do that if their mothers were like, who's she? The cat's mother? <laughs> More of them in their lives. Stop calling them pigeons. Yeah. Who are they? The cat's mother? <laughs> Who ate the pigeon? This is confusing. There's too I, many animals uh, yeah, here. Yeah, sorry. I'll just scrub our mouths out. So, uh... This has been another thrilling episode. Thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you are not already following us on whatever platform you choose, please make sure to do that. Um, yeah. Uh, what else? Tell your friends. Leave ratings and reviews. And see you soon. Yeah. Uh, I'm Jacob. And I'm Annie. This has been another episode of Boodoo Goose. Thank you for listening. And remember... Nobody says potato. Boo to a Goose is produced by Will Scoville as a part of the Comedio Network. Thanks to Hannah Wardle for the art and Max Abrams for the theme song, She Couldn't Say Boo to a Goose. Send any questions or comments to boo to a goose podcast at gmail.com. Today, documentary films are experiencing a major renaissance, and for good reason. But why are audiences increasingly choosing fact over fiction? Is it a dearth of realism, like endless comic book sequels and end-of-the-world action movies? Are viewers choosing authentic storytelling over spectacular visuals and far-fetched plots? Or maybe it's because docs f***ing rule. Hi, I'm Paco Romain. And I'm George Chen. And we host SupDoc. We didn't go to film school. We're just two comedians that dork out on docs. And since 2015, we've been recapping amazing documentaries with comedians, actors, and filmmakers like legendary comedians Dana Gould and Todd Glass. Musicians like Yacht and Dan Deacon. And even media stars like Jesse Thorne and Francesca Fiorentini. The AV Club called us enlightening, and Boing Boing said, SupDoc is a great idea for a podcast. So find us wherever you get your podcasts or join us at SupDocPodcast.com. And follow us on social media at SupDocPodcast.